so this is episode 16 of the Sioux City Show. I'm hosting this thing. I'm Taylor Grody. In the studio with me today, I have Mark, and Mark is an artist from Sioux City, and I like his work. What I've seen of it, I'm, I don't know if I'm aware of everything you've done or Impossible. the extents of your portfolio. So uh, go ahead and kind of give like a couple highlights of things you've done. Well, uh, <laughs> highlights of th- things of mine that you'd see in Sioux City uh-huh. uh, would be I'm w- one of a two-man team that did the Rockland mural on Gordon Drive. Love it. Uh, just did just a redid it, right? restoration after yep. 13 years. So I spent 14 weeks. I was the guy on the boom for 14 weeks. Very cool. Uh, and it looks great. Thank you. Thank yep. you. I'm so glad it's done. It's 14 <laughs> weeks in a parking lot. Leaves a little to be desired. I feel you. Uh, let's see. What else have I done? The, the beginning of the bike trail where Hamilton and Stone Park Boulevard meet. Mm-hmm. There's seven giant bicycles with little birds sitting all over them. That's me. Like it. Uh, what else? I've done Saturday in the Park posters for twelve years. Are are you like the last twelve? That was you. Uh, I'm not the official official. I'm the the second official poster. Oh, okay. So there's there's one that's been done in Omaha for forever, mm-hmm. and and one year I got a call from Dave Bernstein, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hey, make me another poster." So that was 2007, so I've been at that ever since. Nice. So, and I so, remember specifically, I think last year, would, did you do the one with like the cactuses in it? Yeah. I really liked that yep, one. That thank was a, you. That was a great great piece of artwork. Yeah. I, I always, the, the, the stories I hear for that is that they tack them up in the stores and people rip them down immediately and take yeah. them home. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, happy. <laughs> take them, please. Awesome. It's flattering. Yeah. So like, how long is how long have you been an artist is it like did you decide day one you know as a little kid i was doing art or i was moving that direction for a long time my mother was always very crafty she still is she does quilts but she used to crochet stained glass she was a a a decent drawer Mm -hmm. and as a kid i was was fascinated with what she could do and and i remember I, i mean i spent my entire high school life drawing in notebooks superheroes and muscle dudes and yeah. things that a teenage male would would sketch i like it yeah okay i got, yeah. I got that and i always yeah. i mean uh i always had kind of a deal worked out with the teachers i kept to myself i did my work and mm-hmm. and when i wasn't doing schoolwork, i was drawing superheroes nice my senior year of high school we had a a b days in sergeant bluff so like you had four classes on day one and then day two you had four different classes sure. so um and one of my days i'd worked it out was completely art classes from like 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And it was was a nice... And, and, you know, when you're in the same class for eight hours a day, the teacher's kind of like, as long as you... It becomes one block. Yeah. Become responsible about this. And, All right. Walk out in the hall. Yeah. Wait for the bell. All right. Come back in. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, you know, bring your own. I was able to bring food and drinks every day. So. Oh, yeah. It was living the life when you're, you know, 17, a, 18 years old. A little special treatment. A little VIP treatment. Yeah. Down there. I, I had a, a similar thing worked out with my teachers that as a, you know, a junior and a senior. Yeah. That I'd kind of give them the heads up and they'd say, get out. And mm-hmm. I would just go down to the art room. Where'd you go to high school at? West. Okay, cool. And you graduated what year? 98. 98. 20 years ago. So it makes you 38. You'd be in the ballpark of my uncle. Huh. I don't want to go discussing family on this thing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can talk later. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Well, man. you got to remember, I was an art dark. So yeah. I, I don't know anybody <laughs> unless they were in the art room hanging out with me. I feel you. So like what's, what's kind of been the trajectory 
post grad that's like led towards you know it doesn't seem like uh every day is like 10 art assignments you know you're able to produce like these bigger things spend 14 months on a, or 14 weeks on a project so what's been the trajectory to get to where you're at right now the trajectory to that's get a to big where question that's a but, big yeah. question like back to the beginning full mm-hmm. circle already hustle it's okay. Sioux city you're gonna hustle yep. the the infrastructure is not here to, to slide into i mean there's not a million graphic design jobs there's not a, a whole lot of jobs for a a hand with a brush painter yep you know we're looking at cultural shifts technology shifts all this other stuff so if you're going to make it and make it as subjective, right? If you're going to make it work as uh, an artist in Sioux City or in the Midwest in general, you're hustling. Yeah. You're looking for any opportunity to bring in support money mm-hmm. to do everything else. So, I mean, you just mentioned the 14 weeks on the Rockland mural. It's not that I didn't want to do it, but even if I didn't, I'd still do it. Yeah. Right? If there's a paycheck involved, I'm showing up. Uh, and my personal rule is uh, if it's art, say yes. Yeah. So I teach at the art center. I taught at WIT for a number of years. You know, if it's if somebody wants me to design a CD cover or a logo, done, done, done. Yep. If, if it's art, I say yes. So do you work in like the digital space as well? Like do Photoshop? Minimal. Kind of stuff? I, Minimal. I have kind of picked together a, a, a Photoshop ability, you know. Okay. Just, that's Pick, that's about where I'm at on Photoshop it. as well. I'm so I'm so video first that I stay away from most yeah. uh, graphic design stuff. Well, no, the benefit of I mean, how long has Photoshop been around? But I, I mean, I've used twelve different versions. Right. So I got to learn things in high school. I mean, heck, in high school I had a web page going. Yeah. On GeoCities or something nice. like that. I mean, and it had a, a you know a web address this long with fourteen subdirectories. Yeah. And I I don't know what drew me to it, but it turned out being pretty handy because I still design, implement, and run my own web page. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with things like Photoshop. But I, I don't know enough to compete with, you know, full-time graphic designers. I got you. Like, I mean, if somebody comes to me who's used me for projects before doing photos or videos and they're like, hey, will you make us this image? I'm like, sure, I can do that. Yeah. But, you know, in, in terms of like, do I want to take on a full career as a graphic designer? I do not. I have a problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I'm better off. I, I wake up at my own house with mm-hmm. a nice cup of coffee, a few minutes to come to unscramble my brain, mm-hmm. and then I can sit in front of a painting for the next ten hours. Yes, and I'm I'm happy there. Um, having to drag it out and go do other things and mm-hmm. punch the clock and all that other stuff is it's just counter to who I am. Yeah, and I'm also very. Um, jealous of the fact that your artistic medium does not require screens. I sure die sitting in front of computers every day because I it's, I'm very good. All all of my all of my best skills for getting paid in life all came from like random things. You know, like oh, I needed to figure out how to do this for this project in high school, whatever. You know, it's not like real formal education at all. Um, and I got really good on computers, just kind of mm-hmm. out of tinkering with them. And I don't like being on computers that much. So it's a kind of a catch 22. If you want to make videos, you also got to spend a lot of time in front of a screen. I spent a ton of time with computers, uh, as a younger man. Yeah. And I was always running windows machines. I knew every process running at all times, manually 
unscrewing the computer every mm-hmm. time you download a virus and all that stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And yep. you're fixing other people's computers. And boy, I ran the other way. <laughs> it, uh, analog. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather listen to vinyl. I'd rather not have a computer. And I would rather use a wooden stick with hairs on the end of it to move things around. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Ezra's giving me a hard time. Uh, after the, the talk we did, he... He did the first 100 pages by hand, uh-huh. and then the rest of the 400 were done digital. Wow. And I just shook my head because, I mean, he said he has no, there's no physical evidence of those 300 pages. Yeah. And I said, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't put that <laughs> kind of effort into a digital format. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And he says, oh, wait and see. And I, I'm almost, <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee you that I would never do 300 pages of a graphic novel in yeah. a digital format. I do I do a weird amount of like animation things for for companies and I found that I am this close to buying one of those iPads or I guess the new iPad it used to be the only the iPad Pro that you can use like the pen on yeah. just to draw straight on I, I'm like getting dangerously close to just pulling the trigger on one of those because uh, I don't know if you've ever worked with like a tablet a Wacom tablet yeah or, oh yeah that's brutal I'm not a fan of that at all it's not an intuitive animating experience well part of what I'm doing it's it's incredibly important to me to have that tactile physical response right because mm-hmm. it's not just uh i mean painting's not coming up with an image and and suddenly it exists like right. you you sit in a certain chair with the certain tools in front of you for long enough and it happens right it's mm-hmm. it's this incredibly specific process and it requires you know physical discipline yeah and i'm proud of that physical discipline that's uh, to, to stay. St- I always, I joke. I could have been a surgeon in another life. Yeah. I mean, with the, just the specificity of the motion, learning how to boil it all down into the most stable yeah. movement that you can. How how much? This is a good question for people like me that are like half painters or you know like dabble on things. What is the difference between the what seems to be affordable paint and the holy shit, why is this so expensive paint and, ter- and, and brushes in terms of like actual quality? Is there, is there a, that Abs- big of a difference on your huge? End? Oh, wow. absolutely huge difference. Uh-huh. Uh, the cheap paint is mostly like a binder. It's, okay. it's just a medium that the pigment floats in. So if you spend uh, $20 on a two ounce bottle of red paint or $20 on a gallon of red paint, you might actually have the same amount of pigment. I mean, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. It's just dispersed in a larger volume. Yeah. So imagine you're trying to get the hottest, reddest red. Well, you, you'll never get there with yeah. that cheap paint, but you'll start there with the good paint. And uh, if you want a lighter, and then you dilute thinner down version, yeah. you can always start from that pure and take it down the line. Okay. So you're basically, uh, you're saving time. Mm-hmm. It's that whole thing, you know, you, you cough it up for the quality up front and it will make a difference in the long run. That's very interesting. And I like just, just that little example right there alone makes me understand now why, when I see like people's paintings, I'm like, holy shit, how do they get these colors so yep, bold? That's it. Expensive paint. Expensive paint. But you use less of it. Yep. I mean, it's, it just shakes out in the end. It's, mm-hmm. it's that it's that sticker shock at the very beginning you know i i haven't hell every every eight months i spend four hundred dollars on paint okay and i try to do it before winter hits so my paint's not being shipped to me when it's frozen yeah 
So, uh, <laughs> like, I'll probably be putting an order in in a week here. Um, but I use that paint throughout the year. I, I never use it all. I'm always careful to cap it, mm-hmm. store it, protect it, uh, you know, measure its use so I'm not wasting a lot. Yeah. And generally, every year you just replenish what's missing and add something new. So the sticker shock is never as bad. It's not this repeat punishment. It's, yeah. It's punishment up front. I feel you. I, it's kind of like that with photos and videos like in cameras you know the first time somebody recommends you buy the thousand dollar camera instead of the whatever two hundred dollar camera you're like oh w- what am i getting here and then like you start using that thousand dollar camera for a while and now i'm ended up with a few cameras that cost three thousand yeah. dollars each and i can't i can't go back now after i've used the the nice ones so it's a uh, it's all a dangerous well, it's a dangerous deal when you get go buy the two hundred dollar camera and you'll be outstripping its capabilities in three weeks. Oh yeah, and yeah. now you're like, oh shit, I want that thousand dollar camera. Exactly, and I, and I still have that with these cameras. Where and I'm nobody like, wants Damn it, that yeah. other camera. Yep. So now it's just a paperweight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. and the cameras are a bottomless black hole that I don't recommend oh, yeah. to anybody who's not very serious about making this a career. Don't don't get involved in them because it's just a good way to spend a few thousand bucks every other month. Well, I <laughs> could shy, uh, uh, steer people clear of being an artist as a career. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you, I mean, is it, do you love it though? Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and oh, you're, yeah. you're able to be your own boss. Have you ever, I mean, do you, do you have to, do you do work on the side? Like do you hold down a nine to five on the side to keep uh, the art going? I have or? a part-time job. Okay, cool. Yep. So I, as much as I would like to be solely funded, yeah, it's it's not happening around here. Part time job is important. Yeah, and the, the little bit of structure, it might be okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a, a steady paycheck instead of when the I say a part time job, what I meant okay. was a, a steady paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know, though, when you're dirt broke, <laughs> eh, you hustle a little harder. Yeah. You're hungrier. Yeah. You know, you, you take some risks that you might not have. Yeah. And you chase down those those opportunities a little harder. You know, it, I could see, you know, this with all this lottery talk going, I could see winning the lottery and you're like, oh, I'm just going to like pay off all my bills and I'm going to hang out and I'm going to make art all day. It's like, well, now you got a jet ski and you got that new Jeep and yeah. now you got this and you got that. And, oh, I mean, you're taking a trip to Australia next week and... Mm-hmm. Suddenly, are you getting anything done? Nope. It's, it's I mean, some people I'm sure could. I think I, I think I'd be an outstanding lottery winner because I hate <laughs> to travel. So uh, I, th- I feel like I, I feel like I'd be very great at winning the lottery. Ninety percent of my stressors in life are being poor. So, but on the other hand, is there anything more liberating than spending like your first your first year as like a, a poor artist and you're like, all right, well if that's a, if that's what it feels like, that's not that bad, you know. Yeah? Yeah. I'm still waiting for that feeling to subside. No. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... It's, um, it's, it's a weird place to make a go of it here. It really is. It's a strange place. It's just, uh... It's, it's that low population number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really been hitting me that we've actually, in certain ways, we've only got so many months out of the year to make things happen. It's true. I... Really, like, I'm... I'm 100% my own boss on this stuff and so it's like I people will message me every once in a while for like little favor projects and I'm like we can talk like December, January, yeah, February yeah. but other than that yep. like I can't be wasting time or not you know wasting time but not getting paid for what the work I'm doing you, you gotta be efficient on yep. that whole uh, you know make hay while the sun shines kind of thing exactly uh, I'm jealous of folks who are out on the west coast 
Yep. You know, you can have a mid-February art show outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people will show up. Yeah. And you can have an art show in a brilliant, beautiful, heated space here in February and have six feet of snow dumped on you. Yeah, especially it's, for photos. Or I, I keep bringing back the photos and video, but, like, when it gets to being the gray shit outside for yep. six months a year, people are like, ah, we'll wait until spring to do any photo shoots. And just, you know, when you make $400 the entire month of February, where you're going like, oh, my God, somebody's got to want photos at some point, right? Yeah. But not February. No, no. <laughs> Nobody wants anything in February. February, March, I've, I found to be the, like, real slow ones because that's when winter, everybody's like, okay, winter happened. Let's just get to spring. Well, and the thing is, that's yeah. when you're supposed to start, like, setting things up for the summer. Yeah. But you're just, you're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're dead from the hibernation. You're right. You got it. Yeah. Well, I'm setting, uh, I, you know, hell, I set art shows up a year and a half in advance. Really? It's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, if you ever find one where it's like, hey, you want a show next week? Jump on it. You know, it's, yeah. it's something quick, easy, and you don't have to think about it for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've got a show in Lamar's in July and August of next year. That, that's a nice plan. That I it? set up four months ago. Yep. But the, the, the windows. <laughs> I used to do weddings, and I used to kind of like weddings for the one fact that I could definitely put something on my schedule a year in advance. And then I had a few fall through because of a, you know, pre-marriage breakup. So I was like, yeah, maybe yeah. these aren't as firm as I thought they were. That's yeah. where deposits come. Yeah, out. yeah. I mean, I always kept my deposits like low enough that it like didn't scare anybody off, kind of deal. Yeah. And then, because I was, I was like, oh, I'll get the check when I when I get the check, and then, whatever. I mean, yeah. if I have a, if I have six months to be able to life plan turns out us else, all into right. sharks. There we go. Yeah, it, that's it, true. It'll get you. Yeah. How many how many art shows do you do? Is there is there enough? volume of art shows in the area to kind of keep busy with it a little bit or no not no it's it's, i mean it's a couple a year couple a year and with the goal of of increasing that yeah uh they're so labor intensive really uh depending on where right like Mm -hmm. like i'm starting to get my stuff together well enough that i can show up with a carload full of work have it up on the walls in an hour and ready to go. <clears throat> uh, that's not always been the case. Um, but they're, they're a pain. I mean, a lot of times you're finding a space that, that's dirty or... I mean, and that's if you're doing, like, pop-up shows. You're doing your own thing. Yeah. Uh, there's, not, there's not a million options if you're just looking to go and insert your work into a gallery space somewhere. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you need to be on that, the roster of that gallery's artists. You need to be represented by them. Interesting. Um, a, a lot of times they have restrictions. Um, maybe some places in South Dakota only want South Dakota artists. Or maybe this gallery only shows student artists or what have you. So yeah. it's not as though there are option upon option of places to go yeah. and stick your work. And when you're using an actual, like when your display is a physical medium, like that also changes. It has to be somewhere you can travel to where for me, I can just send off a file to whatever yeah. film festival to LA, you know. In a way, it'll control the size of work you make. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, <clears throat> I'd love to make 10 by 10s. I don't know how to get them anywhere. And I can't <laughs> afford to rent a truck every time I need to move a painting from A to B. Yeah. It's, uh, is, that how, is that how they do it when they make those giant pieces? of? Yeah, if yeah. you're moving big work, you got to find a way to get it there. Are you familiar with uh, the artist Cause? K-A-W-S? Uh, no. Okay, so he's like a kind of, 
he's an American dude, but it, it, it resembles Japanese pop art kind of deal. Um, and he makes these statues called the Cause. Uh, I think it's companion. They're like these like 30 foot tall statues that are basically a sculpture version of a character that he started out painting years ago. And I, I've, I'm like, how the hell do they get these 30 foot sculptures into all these different places that he's going to? Flatbeds. Yeah, flatbeds. Or they huh? come in pieces. Okay. Well, that's possible. Yeah, just the amount of money when you get to like that scale of art is just crazy. And it's crazy. Is it? How much? How much like uh, bullshit pro- politics is in the art world of like when you're actually like selling art, gallery spaces? Because I, I I've heard that uh, you know when they put like those insane price tags on like some fine art, it uh, it's it's kind of a way for rich people to hide money, launder money, move money, that kind of deal without the taxation um, of. That. I think in certain cases that is true. Okay. There's a guy named Ken Perini. Okay. Uh, I think the book is Caveat Emptor, and it's the story of his life mm-hmm. uh, learning how to forge art. And it, <coughs> spoiler here, uh, toward the end of the, the book, it, it, he, he writes about these auction houses like Christie's, these high-end <coughs> auction houses, mm-hmm. kind of catch wind that some of their work isn't real that he'd been faking things so well and slowly dumping them onto the market. Yeah. And they shut it down. They didn't want people digging in too far Yeah, to undermine the ultimate value of Mm -hmm. said work. So it was just like, let's pretend this didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I've also, I've heard that, uh, like, it's a way to move money across international borders. Yeah, yeah. Without, with a little less paperwork. And then I just, I just know, like, from uh, people, stories I've heard that uh, when, when you get into those, like, you know, millions of dollars trading hands, it's a real easy way to slip in an extra few hundred thousand dollars sure. to different places and keep money hidden. Uh, you know, way. all I see when I see work selling for $40 million is I just see red. <laughs> I think if I had $40 million to spend on work, I could fill warehouses full of stuff. Yeah. I could... I could lift up artists all over the country mm-hmm. and provide them sustenance. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like just start tasking random artists all over the world with creating things for you. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could like single-handedly have a Midwestern renaissance if you had $40 million exactly. to spend on art. Did you hear the Kanye West uh, argument for that? What's... Um, and, and this is like, this is a... <laughs> This I is, don't keep up on his arguments. Well, but. it basically like he went this is this is from a few years ago when he was in like crazy amounts of debt off of like basically funding his own giant tours. Well, was that, he begging money from people? He was what this is the argument is that it, it got characterized in the media that he was begging people for money, but his argument is not his argument, but his uh big statement publicly was like that the renaissance happened because the Medici family funded art for art's sake. Yeah. And he was saying we need our world, you know, billionaires to step up and fund the creation of art for art's sake. And and but people are like, he's begging for money. That guy made this much money, and he's like, I spent one hundred and fifty million creating a bespoke concert setup to to further the art experience yeah. for everybody. I'm in debt fifty million dollars because I did it for the art. Like, no, noblesse oblige. What does that mean? It's the obligation of the noble. <laughs> there you the, go. The obligation of the noble class yeah. to give back to the to the. To the culture, to yeah. the society. And I f- firmly believe in it. Yeah. There are those who do. Yeah. There are, oh, absolutely. A, there are a handful 
who give back in a big way. But I, th- I think, you know, a lot of times it's, you get a hand. These folks, they get maybe a couple artists. They don't have the time to dedicate to themselves to a stable of 200 artists. Yeah. They're like right. constantly funneling money at. Yep. Uh, you'd almost have to set up a foundation and suddenly that starts looking like things we kind of already have. Well, there's like the the Gilcrest Foundation in Sioux City, and I'm not 100% sure how this works, but I, I do know people that have gotten like $5,000 grants from yeah. the Gilcrest Foundation to create art, which is pretty good. Well, they just did those two murals. That was Gilcrest money, oh, okay. I, th- I think. I, I'm, that sounds right to me, yeah. I mean, don't quote it, but I'm pretty sure that was them. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, and, and there's always an artist left saying, well, why couldn't I have that money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That right, yeah. How sick is that Buffalo mural? I actually really like that. Yeah. And I know that there was I'll, like people going, "What the hell is that?" Like, oh, uh, anything. I'm thumbs up on anything. Yeah. Do you do you know what the pro- I mean? You've done like public space <coughs> art before, like the bicycles. So do you know what's the process be- between like when the city's like, we have a blank wall, we have an artist, let's make this happen? Is it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, can I go back and f- answer another question first? Yeah, go ahead. You asked about politics and, and cost of paintings and, and <laughs> art and stuff. Yeah. It, it's a market. It settles itself out. And uh, and once you get outside of the realm of those those crazy $40 million, $100 million things, yeah. it, it settles out. It's based on uh, where you're at, yeah. who you are, how much you've done, whether you have representation, uh, how much overhead you have. A painting in L.A. is going to cost more than Sioux City. Correct, yeah. Right? It might be the same painting, but folks here know you don't have the same bills that you do in L.A. Yeah. Uh, the, the likelihood that you're going to go on to be the next big thing uh-huh. in Iowa is a little lower, so your investment value might be a little bit lower on a painting. Right? Yep. Your speculation. Yeah. So I just wanted to answer that before we went flying past it. Uh, the mural thing with the city is um, it not just Sioux City. From an artist's perspective, it's a mess because it's never as straightforward as you'd wish it was. You probably have to submit four different treatments. Well, the city, all they have to do is sign off on it. Yeah. And right now... I, I mean, mean, is it like a you provide the paint, you you, you provide the time? Do you? I mean, do you get to cut the check for Sure, that? but I mean, yeah. that's like a plumber going up to an empty building and saying, I'll provide the pipes. And, yeah, right. right? Like, yeah. there's no... <laughs> There's no logic in them doing that. Yeah. I mean, I have the skills to paint murals, as do other people. Mm-hmm. But but it makes no sense to walk up and say, man, if you just give me the opportunity, I will give you tens of thousands of dollars worth of free labor. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Well, think of I'm all the exposure, on the other dude. End. No, I'm just kidding. No, the, the exposure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, put it in neon. You the, get rid of the this guy and put exposure in the, neon. On the the artist's favorite way to pay the bills is <laughs> exposure. Exposure is yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might have you might have a weird show somewhere. Nobody pays you any attention. Uh-huh. But then at the end of the night, that one couple walks in. Yeah. That unassuming couple who's got huge stacks of cash in yeah. their billfold. If without the exposure, you never would have met them. So that's it's true. real, but it's also a slap in the face to. That's true, and that's that's kind of uh, that that's that exposure works differently than like the yeah. uh, the video exposure. exposure because like people are like. Uh, Hey, come do this nightclub video for me. It'll be a bunch of exposure, and it's like nobody's gonna watch your nightclub video and go, "Hey, I want to hire the guy that yeah. made that." But 
Um, well, put your watermark down there in the corner for yeah. three seconds. And the clients, the, the I've found 100% of time, the best clients to have are the ones that are most willing to pay the money and let you have an artistic vision. Agreed. And I, I've never they're, had, like, I mean. They're few and far between, and yeah. you treat them very well. Exactly. I just uh, <laughs> was on tre- tour with a J.D. Shorten, not tour, but the campaign trail with J.D. Yeah. Shorten last weekend, and it was like, uh, hey, uh basically a couple of days of like filming him and uh, Bernie Sanders together. I'm like, as far as like portfolio exposure wise, that's about as good as it gets. And it's a paid yeah. deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that I've never had people that get offer me real exposure. Not, or I've never had people who actually give me exposure offer to pay me an exposure. Everybody's been like, we'll give you a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're just looking at different classifications <laughs> of people. Yeah. I mean, and I don't begrudge anybody. Interest is interest, right? I'm, man. I'm flattered that you thought of me. Yeah. I'm flattered that you're interested in having something of mine. But truth be told, I, I can't give it to you. Yeah, I can't work on speculation of zero. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. I can speculate on return. You know, I can do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say you can give art or services to a charity, which or, I do, or, or yeah. what have yep. you, right? I mean, that's you're speculating, and not to say that it's all just self-serving. But that comes back to you. I mean, that echoes yeah. back at you in a good way. Exactly. But when you're just talking to a cheapskate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, cheapskates but, are the worst. Con- but charities, like I said, yeah, the charities are just fine. When I was young, one of the first lessons I learned as an artist was don't count the money till the check's in your hand. <laughs> and even then, it's not a guarantee. I've, I've had somebody come and take a check back from me. Wow. Because they got a piece home and changed their mind. I mean, what are you going to do? That's interesting. You're going to fight them over it? I mean, yeah. You hand them the check back. So, hell, you don't count your money till it's in the bank and you're like six months out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared of coming off as like an asshole that I like the, the prospect of asking somebody for a check back that I wrote them is like horrifying to me. I couldn't even the, the fear of asking that like definitely outweighs whatever was paid for a painting in my, uh, yeah. unless that was like a $10,000 painting that you sold him. I would have been like, uh, well, I guess I own this painting. Some now. people don't concern themselves with such things. I guess. They, yeah. they just, they really don't. Yeah. But you know, you, you chalk it up to a learning experience. You chuckle at it. You move on. I feel yeah. So do you, do you sell like uh like prints or whatever online or? Uh, I sell very little in the way of prints. Okay. Um, what I want for my work, as mm-hmm. far as prints goes, is, is incredibly expensive. Oh, okay. Like, I don't want to just laser jet a painting onto a piece of paper yeah. and sell it to somebody for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. To me, that like that whole gicle, print, yeah. that's an inkjet printer or whatever. It's, a, it's right. nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know the process because of the Saturday in the Park posters yeah. to do, you know, the four-color actual printing press stuff screen like screen printed you're talking about uh well they use plates i'm sure but uh screen printing is wonderful but it's all very labor intensive yeah i got a screen printing press over there and to uh to take one of my big pieces because the pieces i'd want Mm -hmm. to print are usually ginormous yeah four foot by five foot paintings so it becomes a massive endeavor Mm -hmm. i would love to figure it out that it, that it can financially work for me, that yeah. I can get a really nice quality product yeah. into the hands of somebody who's interested. You know, it's. I wonder if like a print on demand for like fine art exists. I'm sure it does, but to do, again to do that on demand thing, yeah, it's not gonna be screen printed. It's not gonna be right. 
color plates with the CMYK. It's going to be, oh, we queue it up on the printer and then it shoots out into the mm-hmm. into the, the room where they box it up and send it out. I feel you. Yeah, I, I've, I, I own a fair amount of like prints from, I got, you know, people from Iowa, people from the UK, you know, whatever I find that I'm like, I really like what this guy yeah. does. I always make sure to, if if they have something that I can afford in their in their store, I buy it, you know, because I like good. I like supporting artists, man. I, I've I've gotten enough like support from like random people throughout the year that I like to throw a bone every once in a while when I can. Agreed. And, I do the same. Yeah, and but but I I really try to stay like when I'm buying like prints, I always try to stay away in like the pen and ink, you know, or not the painting where I like brush strokes matter kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, that's I don't know if you noticed that uh, that I was. Uh, I'm hawking puzzles now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the spirit of mm-hmm. making my work available, uh, I'm a blue-collar dude, yeah, and I, I want like other blue-collar people to be able to afford stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for ages, people have been saying, oh, you should do your work uh, like sheets or yeah. or like this or like that or whatever. And again, so much of it is incredibly expensive because yeah. you're talking about buying wholesale merchandise up front. That you're gonna store in the corner. Of your we can house we can somewhere. talk after this. I got I got a few ways that you can actually yeah. like. There's there's print on demands that like make like sheets and you know if if you're not like selling it as the guys of fine art prints. There's there's some services right. that really create some quality stuff that I have bought. Um, I'd be interested in, yeah. in hearing about it. Um, the, but the puzzles, uh-huh. I finally found something that it was it was like you could get it at the right price. That there was actually room for me to make a little profit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but it's still the, the rigmarole to get it all ready, and yeah. and I mean the the four hundred emails back and forth to set it all up. Yeah. No, we need this bleed margin. No. no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can uh, can you bump that over a little bit? How about a different font? There? Yeah. You start getting all OCD about every last idiosyncrasy. Yeah, I wear a co or I ran a t shirt company with a couple of my buddies in college, and it was the same stuff like printing. And it was all screen printed, real nice stuff, and just the process to get them oh, yeah. underneath the freaking printer was the biggest pain in the ass. Endless. It was way bigger pain in the ass than designing the damn shirt. So, yeah. But yeah, you know, um, back to the whole print thing. I know it can be done. Yeah. <laughs> and I I know artists with a bit more in the way of resources are doing it. Okay. And it's definitely on the horizon for okay. me. Back to the four by five. Well, how many people have a wall for a four by five? How many people have the money and the inclination mm-hmm. to buy a four foot by five foot massive painting? Right. I mean, the, the, these things dominate a room. That's a commitment. To, yeah, you to might end up well. redecorating just yeah. so the room looks right. Yes. Um, oh, and people don't buy art to match your couch. That's what <laughs> hotels do. Don't do that. Buy art for art's sake. <laughs> it's a constant, like... I was just talking to somebody a couple months ago. I finally got my girlfriend switched over to the, like, where she doesn't go, like, to the JC, you know, or the, whatever, Target yeah. art section. I'm like, no, 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 I, I don't, none of this is art. This is... It's real. Yeah. People do it. Somebody, I just had an email a couple months ago looking to match some light fixtures <sighs> in a bedroom. No, 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 no. Buy well, but you know where I'm at with it? Yeah. At least they picked mine. There you go. I feel you. Yeah. 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 You know, I, you can pick mine. Please don't go to Target though. Yeah. Don't go, don't go to Walmart. Don't go to Target. Don't, don't buy, don't buy that art, please. For just a couple of dollars more. And it doesn't even have to be my art, but for just a few bucks more. Yeah. You could go to kind of a low key show 
pick up something for 40 bucks, mm-hmm. put a $20 Michael's frame on it, right? Exactly. And maybe you've established a relationship with that artist. And as you get older and your income raises, maybe their work turns out to be some of the coolest stuff you've ever seen. Well, now you go back five years later and you buy a piece for 200 from them. Yep. Right? You yep. can cultivate a relationship with an artist. I mean, it doesn't have to end like a point of sale transaction, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> thank right. you for coming, and then you never talk to them again. That doesn't work at all. Yeah. Like, once I've sold somebody a piece, we're kind of friends forever. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you see them everywhere, and exactly every yeah. time you see them, you're like... <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> but, it's like... Hey, a, I bought a piece for me that time. That's it's all right. That's the way to do it. It's it's a, it's truly like a... Don't, don't buy art to fit a room. Like buy fill fill a room to like fit the art that you want in it. It's kind of like my my theory buy on, on this so stuff. So much yeah. art that you have to make room in your basement. There we go. So you can switch things out every three months. Yeah. And I think most people don't realize how cheap it is. Like to true like when you're saying like don't buy the stuff at Target, buy it from local artists. I think most people are like, well, the local artist stuff is so expensive. Like honestly, most of the time it's cheaper to get stuff from local artists than a it is to get times. those like big gross. Well, you know, yeah. I find, for me, I always tell people, admittedly, some of my work is very expensive, but some of it takes forever and a day. Mm-hmm. So maybe that price tag is me just not being interested in selling it very much, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Maybe that's what it would take to to wipe away my tears <laughs> when I finally let that piece go. Yeah. So I always tell people, if you're actually interested in getting some of my work, set a budget. Tell yeah. me what you want, and it's like I'm not looking to screw you here, right? Yeah. You're you're like I have a budget of, uh, you know, four hundred dollars. You know what? I'm gonna give you the best damn painting that I can give you for four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. The likelihood is you're gonna get something that's took me probably a lot more effort. You know what's that. crazy is that you said four hundred dollars, and I thought I thought that is an amazing price for a painting. Like I, that didn't price. strike me as crazy like that. Oh, but I'm telling, I'll okay. tell you this much. Some of the other pieces are thousands and thousands. Okay. Of yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, I like, I, I don't think that like anything's kind of real, real nuts for a painting. Like that makes me go, Oh shit. Until it's like 1200 and above is like what makes me yeah, go, see, that's nothing. what's going on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Break it down. Yeah. Break it down to hours, break it oh, down to effort. 100%. Nothing. I'm, and I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking more in terms of like when I'm looking at art. And I'm like oh, looking absolutely! About, I'm looking know. in the sub hundred dollar range. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm it's looking something... to make friends with an artist and uh, broker a trade. Trade for trade. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, it's like a, as soon as as soon as things like get over the uh, two hundred and fifty dollar mark, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'd have to. And you know, as you get yeah. older, yeah, two hundred fifty dollars to some people is nothing. You're right. Yeah. No, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I always when I first started getting figuring it out right like coming to grips with what it was to ask people for money yeah i i i found it was helpful to think of it in terms of shoes okay right yeah. people will spend 150 bucks on a pair of shoes without blinking yeah they'll buy a nice new pair of snow boots or something mm-hmm. 150 bucks yeah and how long do those last a season yeah. a lot and they'll probably get another pair next year so you're like well how many pairs of shoes are you willing to give me for this yeah two three like eh, you know, right? It's yeah. just, just something to knock it away from being that, that, that glittering dollar sign yeah. that, that hypnotizes you. I mean, the truth is, there's there's nothing worse than like desperation. And as an artist, you might teeter on desperation mm-hmm. more often than you like. Yeah. 
but you can't. I mean, that's that's when it comes out of that whole like you're not actually doing it for the money. Yeah. So don't act like it. Right. Right. But there and and then there also is like that whole thing that I think you know when you mentioned like being from here, being blue collar, like the the I think the first time as a self employed artist that like you ask somebody for what you think your piece of work is actually worth, it's like kind of like a oh yeah. Like, oh, this is what I think it's worth. And then you just have to like watch what their reaction is. Yeah. It's just yeah. hanging out there in the yeah. freeze. Yeah. Now, like one of the first times I, I dealt with that, it was, uh, it was my boss at a place I, I worked at in Ames. And I was like, well, I think it's worth more than a hundred dollars. And he's like, I agree. <laughs> I was like, I think it's worth more than $200. I agree. And I go, I don't think it was worth more than $300. I also agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we played this like kind of high and low game with it. Yeah. Until it was like, all right, I'm all right with that. He's all right with that. Yeah. I looked back at some of the wages that I like bartered for myself on freelance when I was <laughs> when I was first starting out, and it's like I thought I thought I was getting away with murder the first time that like a, a ad somebody who somebody's running a creative department goes, hey, what's your uh, what's your hourly rate if you want to shoot for us? And I'm like. I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose this job. Uh, $25 an hour. And like now I know from like hiring people enough that like he was going, Oh, oh sucker. <laughs> most people, like most people who have like the professional equipment kit and background and doing yeah. the video work, like you can get uh $600 for a day rate pretty solidly. I was doing it for you know, about 200. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it was a, looking back now i realize how young and naive i was but yeah every the lessons stick when you when you right. learn them the hard way exactly yeah they, they really do yeah it's 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 amazing to think as 38 whoa big 38 mm-hmm. I, I know i'm not that old you don't feel any different than you did when you were in your 20s do you i do oh you do i feel majorly different wow like, I feel so much more confident. That's good. That's good. Oh, I'm oh glad. God. I'm glad that it's a positive. Usually, <laughs> usually people are like, "Oh, I do. I, you know, I can't get out of bed in the mornings. I feel sick all the time." So that's it's great a, to hear a positive. That's a lot of years yeah. of learning lessons. Yeah. Uh, you know, every time I'd get smacked down, I'd figure it out mm-hmm. and do it again, and, and move through it. I mean, and I've had a million pep talks with myself. You're gonna work harder. You're gonna be better. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're gonna make X, Y, or Z work. Have you have you found any tricks as a hustling artist like to I mean there's only so much creative space you can force yourself into right like sometimes sure. the creativity runs out and then it's just pushing for the sake of pushing so how have you been able to like balance that the the hustle with the uh organic creation I just <clears throat> I guess I the, on the creative side I just cultivate it quietly all the time. Okay. I'll always let it just simmer in the background. Mm-hmm. Right? Because for what I do, I have these... I mean, I think anybody who's project-based, which we all are, you, you don't have to be creative all the time. Yeah. And you choose you choose what to give your creative energy to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but as you, you cultivate it, and then it's like a lightning strike. Right? And then an idea comes together... You put it all, you, you, you kind of, you, you put it into some three-dimensional space in front of you, shape it a bit, right? yeah. and then it's process, 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 right? Because, yeah. like, every time you click the button, you're not being creative. Right. It's the process of teasing that creativity out, yeah. right? Yeah. So, 
I don't know. There's, I mean, there's times where I don't feel like being creative at all, and that's when I paint the background. I guess. It's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it balance. It's, yeah. It's balancing when, when, and where you put your creative energy. So recently, I've just been kind of getting into, like I said, you know, it's my work's so seasonal that it's it's truly like the, the jobs just shut down for a few months a year. So I've been on go mode, and I think like the last like two weeks, I've taken two days off, and that's about from the start of the summer. It's about two full days I've had off. Yeah, I hear you. Per- per- summer's been the same way. Yep. And um, like it was it was the first time where I woke up in the morning and I was like, there's nothing I need to do today. There's a lot of things I can do Did you feel today. panicky? I did. And I, <laughs> but like it was, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to leave my phone at home. And I'm going to go up to Coffee Works and sit down and have a coffee. Or, you know, on another morning I go over to Stone Brew in the Dunes and sit there and have a coffee and eat breakfast and spend a few hours doing it. And I like to... Well, you're better than me, then. Uh, I try. I try to like d- disconnect from screens. It's like ninety nine percent of my it's my daily struggle. My off time, it's like, uh-huh. well, better go mow the lawn. The, it's- yeah. <laughs> you're also talking to a guy that's put in two retaining walls out of nowhere in the last two yeah. weeks. So yeah. It's well, like, better uh-huh. go roof the garage. Yeah. It's uh-huh. real life just crashing in all around you. Mm-hmm. And I've also been trying to like actually take realize that I'm like kind of just pushing out projects and then go, what do I want to really make that would excite me to make? So like yesterday I took my buddy out and we shot a piece for his music video um, out at Stone Park. We got the drone out, got a nice muscle car out. We're shooting uh, drone footage going down the paths at Stone Park and it looks badass. And I was like, the, you know, something that excited me that I haven't done anything that out of the norm for a while that I liked. Well, and you can double up. Yeah. Some yeah. time in nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I can say, as far as creativity goes, um, I find defending it is as important as cultivating it. Okay. Meaning, just a, a, a statement I said a minute ago, how you know real life is always pushing in what is real life. The <laughs> real responsibilities of life. Yeah. Always poking and digging their way yeah. into stealing time from creativity. Mm-hmm. And so when I say defend your creativity is to make it a priority. Yeah. You know, that never, I mean, and you, I like, I've been paying attention. I see what you're up to and you, man, you're doing it. You're hustling hard. Appreciate it. And that's what, and, what people see is about 5% of the actual total, total body of work that I do, which yeah. I, I'm always, I'm always stoked when people are like, Hey, I see your stuff. You're really working hard. I'm like, Oh great. I'm doing it 20 I, times. That. And that's the same guy I want to be. Yeah. Man, look at that, man. He's hustling. Yeah. All the time. He's hustling all the time. Yeah. Something's done. Time to start something new. Oh, as yeah. soon as... <laughs> I, I Again, I chuckle. I, I work, work, work. Finish a painting. Look at it. Double check. Looks good. Slide <laughs> it into the pile. Start another one. Yep. And, and there, there's no other... There's no other way to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then it also comes in the, I like the statement, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Like, yep. don't, don't make, don't spend all your time like obsessing over it. Like, just do it, get it done and do the next. Like, just make stuff. And then I'm that's, with it. that's the only way to keep it going. Uh, well, and then to, to elevate yourself so that you're, you're good enough. Yeah. So that your good is real good. Right. right? Yep. You know, you don't want to, that's, that's never an excuse to half-ass anything. I mean, it's got to be sharp. It's got to be tight. But you also got to know when to step away and move on. Like you were saying, you know, you're just slamming projects out. For me, it's uh, 
a couple of years down the line, I'll look back at all the projects that I've been slamming out. Yep. Be like, damn, I was doing some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Less time to get in your head about it, worry yep. about it, think about it. Just keep knocking it out. Right. Uh, like, I've talked to a lot of artists, and it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure what I'm doing next. Or, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, for the love of God, man, just do something. Yeah. Anything. Just yep. fill the space with something. Mm-hmm. You can abandon it. If you come up with a brilliant idea midway through whatever it is you end up doing, abandon it and move on. But don't just sit around. Yeah. I'm not sure what... To, you can't be wishy-washy. I keep a canvas and paints in my office that, like, I think I have now just... Re, I think it's probably on its like 20th iteration of just being something completely different where I'm just like, I mean, I'd use it as like an escape from yeah. editing videos where I just turn around. I'm like, all right, <laughs> put something new on the canvas, put it on the wall for two weeks. And then it's like, take it down, put, just redo it. You know? And see, my advice yeah. there is that canvas is so cheap. Well, I know. I, yeah. I got 10 you of them on have, the table. Yeah, right you should there. have 20 yeah. of them sitting yeah. around yeah. and keep stacking them up. Cause uh, it's, it's being able to go back and see how things have changed and altered. Yeah. And find like one in those ten was actually a really solid idea. Yeah. What's your what what? How would you define like your style as an artist, or do you have like I guess <laughs> uh, a vein that you like to stay inside of? Well, oh yeah. Uh, as far as defining my style, I guess it's pop art. Yeah. It's it's illustrative pop art. Yeah. If I'm trying to explain it to somebody, and brave of you by the way to have a visual artist on on, a, on an audio <laughs> format here. Uh, but, but if I'm introducing to somebody who's never seen my work uh, and I know it's putting me into some, some pretty good company, but I always say it's a cross between where's Waldo and Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like my shotgun of, does that give you an idea of what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, but what I'm actually doing is I'm building a universe Mm -hmm. of characters, locations and storylines. Um, I don't, I'm not saying I'll never, but I tend to not go for the one-off paintings at this point. Okay. Like, oh, I had a random idea, and then I go and make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a set of ideas and a setting for those ideas, and I build, alter, mm-hmm. bend, and change, and keep coming up with, with iterations that have something similar to the last one, but are are moving the development of said world yeah in a more complicated and interesting way yeah i, re- I really like your style i, I mean to, to like give my interpretation of it for people listening that like might not you know it's it's got like nice clean lines it's got like bright colors that are like almost on like a a retro color palette almost it like yep. feels like a, a 60s color palette maybe um rather than like these big bright neon colors varying um, i'll get yeah. to the neons give yeah. me time and then uh <laughs> uh and i i think like thematically maybe not thematically it's not the right word but when you're talking about like introducing characters and worlds and like creating like these big air you know it's not just like one subject on a painting from what i've seen generally it's like a whole landscape that you're doing yep. right um it, it feels very much like a, a david cho mural are you are you familiar with his work i'm not he's a du- he's the dude who's like a billionaire off of uh, painting Facebook's uh, art or Facebook's offices for uh, equity in the company. Um, when they were like moving into their San Francisco or LA office or whatever, they had him like come do huge murals in there. And he's like, I'll trade you for equity in the company. Smart dude. And yeah, I think he's worth like a billion dollars. Smart now. dude. But he's like, he's a 
I mean, he's a Korean American street artist is what he is, but he just, just really cool work. I had a chance to go check out one of his murals on and Houston street. In New York. More likely than not. I know the work. And yeah. Don't know the name. Yep. And it, like a sieve names just in and out. Okay. Yeah. His, his work doesn't look like yours, but like when, when you talk about characters and landscapes sure, and yeah. bigger, yeah, it's, it's very much in the same vein. Uh, I, I, uh, hated struggling with that. What am I going to do? Yeah. It, it felt like reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Every, yeah. every painting yep. you're reinventing. And it's another one of those. It's kind of like shop talk for artists, right? You're supposed to, and it makes perfect sense. Have a art, an artistic persona, mm-hmm. right? You as an artist doesn't have to be precisely who you are. Right. It's the face you show the world. Mm-hmm. It's the work attached to the face. Mm-hmm. That you're showing the world, right? So you're, I mean, I heard it said sometime, and who knows how true you want to take it as. But somebody should be able to walk in and see one of your paintings on the wall and say, hey, that's a Mark Koshin painting, yeah. right? Yeah. That it should be yours enough, that it should be within the vein of what you do enough mm-hmm. that people know it's yours. Yep. I mean, and that makes perfect sense because, right, I mean, we're all living in a, in the, wonderful commercialized future where we're all a brand unto ourselves right. I mean, like, so, to the detriment of the yeah, yeah 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 i mean we we all are our own publicists we all mm-hmm. are our own media relations agents and we all i mean that's what selfies are right you're your own paparazzi true, true. yeah <laughs> you you have all these various channels which you release yourself to the world yeah um you know if if you every piece of art or every creation you make is a one-off random, where the hell did that come from? Yep. It doesn't help to build mm-hmm. brand recognition. I mean, it just all sounds disgusting to say it. Yeah, yeah. But it's very true. Right. Did you, uh, and I, also in like the, on kind of a turn is like, I feel like that's like one of the highest respects that, or like the best compliments that I can get is when people are like, hey, I saw this like photo or I saw this video. Did you take that? Because it looks just like something you yep. make. I'm like, yeah, that's. It is one of mine, and thanks for noticing. Like it's because it's kind of tough to do, you know, with the accessibility of oh, yeah. uh, whatever medium it is now in 2018. Like everybody has the access to create. The well, thing, and so. generally that's that's a, a solid compliment because yeah. it's like, hey, it looks like yours. It's crap, right? Yeah. I mean, the other direction right. is yeah. Uh, no, but it, but it, assuming your, I hate it. Assuming your brand is associated with quality, hard work, and solid mm-hmm. effort. Having someone recognize what you're doing is is a positive thing. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, it, man, I hate. I have to say something contrary to all that just to to put some soul back into the art. Yeah, uh, yeah. because it really is. It is not about branding, and it is yeah. not about marketing. That's just the way you you survive mm-hmm. while you're in the midst of doing yeah your creative yeah. passion. I mean, and that's a real thing. It's. Man, I, it's a it's a crazy world. We live in a crazy world, right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago. I mean, it was two thousand four. I mean, it was I had just gotten back to Sioux City from being in college, and I was having a, an existential moment. Right? Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of what I'm doing? Who do I want to be? And I made an honest to goodness list. <clears throat> and it was among those things. It was in that you know, do no harm. 
don't be a negative influence on the world. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your drives? My drives have never included lots of money. Yeah. My drives have always been creative pursuits. So I wind up with this big list. It's like, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. I am going to contribute positive things to the world around me. I'm going to use whatever creative gifts I have to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a decent and kind person. And I'm going to, when I die, and I have a split second before I'm dead, yeah. and I think back, <laughs> yeah. I knew I tried. I knew I did good things. I mean, that's the purpose. Yeah, That's yeah. the purpose. So my work is very very childlike, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like archetypal, mm. recognizable, relatable things, especially to the mind of a, of a child. I mean, I'm not leaving adults out of the mix at all. I'm, yeah. I, I want them to appreciate the work. But I'm relating to who I was when I was... That's a good way to put it. Like, like your line work is so clean. Um, it, it, it almost feels like it could be a coloring book that yeah. like has just used somebody used the paint tool in Photoshop to fill in. Like and, and part of the yeah. purpose is to have them be exquisitely painted. Yeah, yeah, and the detail work is extraordinary. I, Thank you. I, I think I was coming through your Instagram and I saw like, um, I don't. Was there a video of you doing a lot? And I was yeah. like, wow, I did. I I didn't think that. I I I thought that like just from seeing uh you know your work used in. Uh, like the Saturday in the Park filter or flyer, I thought it was a uh, like digitally redone or whatever. But no, that's it. Everything's hand done. Legit, yeah. Start to finish, yeah. It's great. I, I use a teeny tiny little brush. I have a huge callus on my finger. Yeah. Uh, it's probably evidence of how insane I am mm-hmm. because I could accomplish some of these things uh, much more simply. Are you able to take that same type of uh, focus um, into like other things in, in your life? I mean, like outside of creative pursuits where you say that that is like that's the that's the passion. But like, I mean, are you able to lose yourself in whatever it may be mowing the lawn? I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever lost myself mowing yeah. the lawn. Um, I'll rephrase that just a little bit because it's not it's not focus. Well, it is. But it's being like excuse me <coughs> it's being dedicated and, and, and having solid follow through okay right like the, the mowing the lawn thing I don't know but like I, I yeah, attack <laughs> I attack everything the same way right a, a painting like a giant painting right 20 square feet of space yeah that I'm painting with the tiniest brush I've got I mean it, it requires it requires a bit of an insane person to do such things but it, it requires uh it's like, it's like time management and project management skills, uh-huh. breaking things down into component pieces, knowing that, you know, A has to come before B, has to come before C, and and keeping like a, a mental tally of where everything's at, mm-hmm. right? So I can take a lot of those things that I have taught myself through painting and apply them to other things, mm-hmm. breaking big complicated projects down into little component parts that I can just, you know, what's that old thing about how do you eat a whale, right? Yeah. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. And that's how I think about all the, all the stuff I'm doing. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, the, the creative pursuits, it applies to everything. I'm sure uh, in an obnoxious way to some of the people around me sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I get like obsessive about 
whatever excites me at the time. And it doesn't always, like, sometimes video isn't that thing. Like, sometimes it's, like, I want to learn everything I can find out about cooking. So, you know, it, just YouTube and shit, like, crazy, yeah. spending hours in the kitchen, buying new knives and stuff so I can see how to make food better. <laughs> I, I always get, like... The sharper the knife, the better it tastes. Yeah, exactly. My, my ultimate career goal is to... Uh, uh, just host a show on the Food Network so I could just <laughs> say, like I say it like half joking but that is the ultimate job the and, thing is yeah. you do it right and you can do your own damn food show right that's a, I mean it's there's yeah. nothing stopping hey, you I'm, I'm a self distributor I know how it works yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, it's all it's all ultimately in a pursuit of being able to do that kind of deal yeah there's man there's there's sharp people out there who have blazed the trail ahead of us Right. Yeah. Uh, I always think of like Mac Lethal down in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. That dude hustles. The, the, that's a nice deep cut you had there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I keep track of what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. And man, he is chasing it down. Yeah. Whatever it is he's after, he is chasing well, he's it got, down. He's got a couple real solid strategies. Like his uh, did you ever read his text from Bennett blog that he used to do? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, he used to. It's crazy, but he had like this. I don't even know if he could do it in 2018, but it was like he had a white cousin that acted black and text messages, but it was all kind of like a Tumblr that he put together that just had like these crazy text exchanges. Real funny. I'll look it up. But, uh, um... I, I only know the pancake. But, <laughs> and then he's like, he also <laughs> does the, uh, you know, like 27 styles of rapping in two oh, yeah. minutes. Like, that's, that's a good oh, yeah. strategy. He's, he knows what he's doing when he gets those. Well, yeah, he, I mean, it's like every time he does it, it's an... Uh, blasts his name back into the yeah kind of into the atmosphere but then it's just super gross that you that facebook has like the power to go okay this video is going to be popular for two days and then we're going to make sure nobody ever sees it again never again yeah that's that people are like oh because i have you know a few i have a few videos that have done like in the mil plus uh, views range wow and i got one that did 35 million congratulations 35 yeah with sioux city group dad um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Their go-to-work video. I could have yeah. put that together. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but that one actually, like, it went viral for, like, two days, and then it was, like, maybe, f- I think it had, like, one little jump up again where it made it caught in an algorithm, but the, it's, and, like... And the, the yeah. high that you had for two days, you're just dying to get it yeah. back? Oh, actually, I need to work on that, because I, I have, like, I have no... Uh, internal like i don't i don't get much satisfaction from like views it just good but, uh, you shouldn't yeah that's yeah. a disgusting pavlovian the, i've just de- i've decided that the the pursuit is the only thing that gets me going like oh, so yeah. like even even like the success of a project doesn't even really get me i will uh, i'm glad <laughs> the only thing about a like or a share or whatever is like ah somebody saw it yeah but yeah. as far as validation goes mm-mm. right yeah mm-mm. there's no validation there yeah, that was that was a big turning point in my like uh, mental career as a photographer. It was when I just like stopped freaking out that these people that suck at taking photos had more like Instagram likes than me. I'm like, it does okay, it, Taylor. It doesn't matter. You know that you like your photo more than this. You're photo, playing different so games. Yeah. You're not competing in the same realm. But right. the way it's shaped and the way it looks, it looks like you're yeah. competing, but you're not actually. Right? Yeah. And it's like the the idea that. Uh, whatever something like photography and and attention on photographs would be a zero-sum game in the first place is just ridiculous yeah 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 it's (laughs) trust me i i experience all the same things and i've had to work through them all too yeah i feel you it's like the constant imposter syndrome is uh like the artist curse they call it 
you know, like always, always knowing the actual effort or like the actual thought process that wasn't superhuman that went into your piece of work that, but you know, if, if your piece of work is being treated as something like, uh, beyond measure, you're like, uh, well, no, I, I know that I'm just a regular dude. And I, so hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold up. Yeah. Not that I've ever had critical acclaim for a work, but you know, some people, like, when, when you have something like 35 million views that I, it's not even the video that I'm most proud of. What's by critical any means. acclaim? Yeah. 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 So, what does it mean? <sighs> most of the time it means that studios paid for, uh, you know, some critical acclaim is what it right? usually means. Yeah. Some guy named critical acclaim gave you <laughs> four stars. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean anything. It, it goes back to those things you see once in a blue moon. They're like talking to, you know, talking to rich people on their deathbed or whatever. Yeah. They're never, you know, what made, you know, what made your life worth living? My family. Yeah. My kids. It, never once did they, job. Yeah. All those Facebook likes I got, they were pretty cool. Yeah. That one critic that one time. It, I mean, you look at, I don't know, you, you catch you, uh, musicians or other artists at a moment and you just you hear them say things that give you this insight yeah into like you know say you got a kid who wants to be the next you know guitar troubadour type and he's really struggling for it and wants it so bad Mm -hmm. and then you over here you have the guy who's had it for 20 years Mm -hmm. and couldn't care less yeah because when he when he bit into that fruit he found out yeah. it was sour I, and nasty. Yes, yes. I have, like, the one of the best blessings of doing what I do specifically is that I do spend a lot of time with, like, famous people at, like, you know, really who are, like, yeah. reached the point of success that people are getting into that industry are like, I want to be that someday. And the one, th- the one consistent I've noticed is that it is no longer, like, their thing. It, once you become, like, the top of a career, top of a field, it's your... You're ha- yeah. you're a handled person. You're a handled face of an entity that is being managed by a team, and like the the decisions Ugh. don't seem to be your own anymore. At least from me being in the room when that type of stuff's going on. But I like uh, that seems. Yeah, like and you're making trade-offs. Yeah, you're figuring my autonomy's worth the money. Yeah, it's yeah. worth the whatever. Yeah, I think that's why when we find like that person who's like doesn't you know it seems so authentic and like just doing it on their own terms i think that's why it's so attractive as like uh just society that we're like that's that's our god because like he he doesn't seem like he's let it all affect him you know well you know for a lot of that uh you're talking about doing things on your own terms etc yeah there's a bunch of us doing that yeah right there's a whole pile of us Mm -hmm. around here doing that that's the sioux city blessing right yeah and Historically, there's been a ton of talent come out of Sioux City. Right. Uh, it's I'm, the premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, won't go down the list of all the big names. There's been a lot of very cool people come out of Sioux City. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea how history will look back at what we do right now. Yeah, right. I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing, there's dad's doing their thing, and mm-hmm. Rev's doing his thing, and all yeah. over the right? Yeah. And someday... Somebody will take a moment and they'll turn around and look back at, you know, the early 2000s and be like, Damn. pretty cool, dude. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. had some cool stuff going on right. back then. Yep. It, right? And then in that moment, people will be like, oh, man, you know, like, how did they get all that going? And we're just, like, struggling it away. Yeah, just doing stuff. Do, Everybody every day. was doing stuff with no expectation of, like, yep. real financial gain. And uh, actually, uh, it would have been two years ago now. 
well, two summers ago, I was in uh, New York just visiting a company that kind of like had offered me a job or whatever and um, doing what I do. And at one time it had been like my dream company. Like I want to work there someday. And that was what the whole, that's what got me to doing what I do was the dream of all day, someday working for this company. I go out there and I decide within about six hours, Manhattan's not a place for me. I had no ambition to be there, but I still take the meeting and I'm like, maybe there's something really great going on that I can figure Good out. Good to go. Yeah. And with, if nothing else, like the, the contacts are always nice. Right. Um, so I go and I go to this meeting and they're like, so what's it like, like, uh, doing what you do in Sioux city? Isn't it like a pain in the ass trying to find work? And I'm like, no, it, well, yeah, kind of, it is a pain in the ass, like paying the bills with, with creative work in Sioux city. But on the other hand, like, I don't know if that I could go to any other city and have the same access to a creative community that's so level in terms of like, uh, everybody's willing to work together like at all times. And that's, people are like, how do you get these guests for the Sioux City show? I'm like, I send people Instagram direct messages that I want to have on. And they're like, yeah, I'd like to do that. And that's usually about the extent of it. And then we schedule a date and that's how this worked out. You know, that's as as much as we put into that. Yeah. And it's like the thing in Sioux City where you can get rappers and uh, painters and uh, video creators all to work together on projects. And there's not much friction in between like the concept of the, or the, conception of the idea and the actual execution of it it's it's a it's a pretty because when you get when everybody's blue collar uh it makes it a little bit easier easier for yeah nobody gets too far on their own pedestal when everybody's blue collar yeah we're all we're all on a a pretty low hill here so you need to get to the top of it (laughs) but but then on the other hand like when you're saying like uh in the early 2000s how history might look back on this period with like dad's had dad has real success you know yeah um rev has like real I hate to say like success on dad and then like you gave the rev example like real talent like a real talented dude who has like every capability to have success and like just hasn't had that big break you know whatever but like the thing is in a lot of cases that big break is a specter yeah right right like somebody somewhere decides ah you're a commodity we can work with right and they take you they cultivate you they give you the image they give you the backing they give you the Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da-da now you're a big break. Yeah. But that does not diminish any of us yeah. that don't have the the specter of the big break show right. up in our lives. Yep. What is that anyway? Yeah. it's uh, Truly, at the end of the day, it's about creating the shit that you're happy about. Absolutely. And, yeah, that makes you happy to be creating shit. I can't stop. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I, I, need, I need that massive guiding focus yeah because it defines everything else i feel you yeah. i built i literally build my whole life around all that stuff you look like you'd be a banker if you were not i'm just playing I, <laughs> man, a bouncer no i was going for the <laughs> the least blue collar job i could think of the yeah cubicle jockey yeah that'd be it that that'd be the worst thing for me i went to work in a bank for a year led to me working for myself so yeah me in a room with no natural light, oh. no freedom to, to get up and go. I'm, I'm very excited that you mentioned the light because that was one of my everyday complaints when I worked inside that building. I was like, I cannot stand the color of these oh, fluorescent yeah. lights. Stop. Yeah. Well, the studio I had in, in Leeds, awesome spot, awesome opportunity. Yeah. The only room suitable for painting had no natural light. Really? I, I called it the land of, uh, of perpetual midnight. Yeah. Because 
God only knew what time it was, what the weather was like. Mm -hmm. If you came in at 8 o'clock in the morning and it was dreary and rainy, mm -hmm. for all you knew, it was dreary and rainy all day. Sometimes you'd come wandering out a few hours later, and you're like, oh, shit, it's like 70 and sunny out. Yeah, damn. Change, you know, like, your brain, like, rewires based on the day. Right, yeah. And it's like, oh, it's actually a really nice day, and suddenly you have a little more energy. Yeah, yeah. But, but now the studio I've got, I've got a window right next to me. That's nice. Get some fresh air. Yeah. Get I don't know if you noticed, but I've I, I color balanced every bulb in this room is at fifty four hundred degree Kelvin. So. Did you really? Yeah, so it's all it's all daylight, the hue of daylight. Whereas it's actually good. pretty decent here. Yeah, what kind I, of lights are they? Oh, I mean, I got different. They're all different bulbs that have like a color rating index of ninety five plus. So. Uh, they're they're all true to like a daylight tone and but they're, they're not like colors. halogens or anything they're like LED no 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 the, the I think they might all be yeah they're all LED yeah you know the LEDs have actually maybe that one's not maybe I don't I don't know if the ones they've cool. progressed yeah. enough that I use them for painting now really yeah uh, I was trying to be an early adopter with the LEDs because mm -hmm. I hate those those CFLs are trash right uh, yeah horrible color I've always used halogens yeah expensive hot. hot and shit yeah uh i'd have eight or ten of them running a foot over my head yeah blasting at the painting yeah great light great color mm -hmm. uh but the electric bill and what replacing them was eight bucks a pop or something like that yeah so i actually finally got a hold of some led shop lights and those things are just fused them yeah perfect. they're not horrible i got this actually I don't know if you see on top of this yeah. light pole here, that little thing plugged in. That puts out pretty solid light, and it fits in my back pocket. It's a little... I, those are, like, my video godsends now that I'm able to, like, put them right off screen or right off camera wherever I'm shooting and yeah. use those little things, and I can bring, you know, a bag of them, and I got basically a light set up. It's pretty nice. The LEDs are cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. But uh, I don't want to keep you up here all afternoon. I, I feel like we could talk for... Uh, we for two days straight. Probably but, go for a while. Yeah, but because uh, <laughs> I, I now uh, JD Schultz and I had him on for the second time, so the uh, door to two-time guest has been opened. So I would I would definitely like to have you on again sometime. And uh, in the meantime, is there anywhere that you would like people to check out your work or um, any any causes that you would like to support? And by, not by causes. I mean like like uh, <laughs> events like that people should know about. That kind of thing. Uh, yes, you can check out my work at my webpage, uh, markkoshen dot com. M a r k k o c h e n. There we go. Because nobody can spell it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, all the normal places. Awesome. Uh, as far as things going on right now, there's not an awful lot. It's cooling off for it's the winter. Kinda, yeah, chilling out hibernation season. So mm -hmm. uh, look for me in the spring. I'll be doing uh, a solo show at a new spot. It's going to be really hot. There we go. I'm kind of just uh, figuring that out right now. So Nice. And uh, go take pictures in front of his Rockland Wall mural. It's right next to uh, Arby's on Gordon Drive downtown. Yep. And take the kids down to the birds under the bridge at Stone Park in Hamilton. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's that last week we... I. This is the first week that I'm not doing this uh, segment that I used to do called Most Slept On in Sioux City. I had to end it because I completely ran out of things to talk about. You know, 15 episodes in, I was I was kind of like digging at this point. There's only so many things that exist that everybody in Sioux City needs to know about. Yeah. Um, and last week, so my final one was the Perry Creek walking trail, or the Pir Perry Creek bike trail. So uh, Slept on, meaning that things just underappreciated? Things yeah, like things that like, uh, I, I've always found that I'll show up to things in Sioux City and I'm like, 
holy shit, how does everybody not know about this? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like some of the coolest things that get done are like the things that just people do them and don't don't promote it or don't a- advertise it. So yeah. yeah, the way I always figure it with our crowd, don't know. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. I, I put out one notice. Eh, they'll figure it out. They all talk. There you go. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening and watching and tuning in and all of your support in general. Uh, if you dig the Sioux City show, what you could do for me is, you know, like it, share it, um, tell your friends about it. Any one of those things does a huge service on my end. Uh, leave a review. Only positive ones. I don't care about the negative ones, so it's not really constructive criticism if I'm not going to take the criticism kind of deal. Um, but until next time, this is the Sioux City show. Thank you. <laughs>